Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 6 of the Turnbuckle Takeover Wrestling Show. This week in wrestling has been what they call um, shocking. Uh, there's some things that happened, guys. Um, it, it's a lot to talk about. Uh, it is going to probably be the weirdest build to WrestleMania I've probably ever seen, maybe? Not sure. Uh, but this week, Super Showdown happened yesterday. This is Friday. I'm filming at 3.46 p.m. Um, thank you again for joining me last week. Um, we had about 61 views. So that's 11 up from the week before. Cool. Take it. Like I said, as long as I stay above 50, I'm pretty happy. Um, but uh, thank you again to everybody for listening to the show. Um more to come from this. Again, this is just the beginning and definitely not the end. Uh, I'm having fun doing this. I've been consistent every week, uh, putting podcasts out for y'all. Um, again, this is a wrestling podcast and, uh, we're going to get right into wrestling this week because this week, I, I don't even know. Let's just get into it. All right. So, um, a few topics we're going to discuss this week on the show is a Super Showdown review, uh, AEW Dynamite pretty much dominating everybody in every show. Um, they they put on a heck of a show, and we'll get into that. Uh, you do have AEW Revolution this weekend. I'm going to touch a little bit on Raw and what's supposed to happen on SmackDown in roughly four hours from now, Eastern Time. Um... The reason why I'm filming now and not doing SmackDown this week, a um, couple things. Uh, uh, hockey's the night, NHL. Uh, I'm a Flyers fan. So um, they're playing the Rangers tonight. Big game. Uh, so I'm going to be watching that at about 7 o'clock. And then I'm going to be watching SmackDown directly after that game. Um, so I'm not going to watch SmackDown until later tonight. And that's just based off of me wanting to watch the hockey game tonight. Mm. Hey, sometimes sports trumps over everything. <laughs> it's, it's how it is, especially when you got a team on a winning streak. Anyway, so let's not get off of wrestling because that's what this show is about, is professional wrestling. Uh, we're going to go right off like we do every week. We're going to start it off with Raw, okay? And I'm like I said, I'm going to be very short on Raw this week, folks. Very short because Super Showdown's already happened. So I really need to get into that. Uh, Raw started off. Uh, Randy Orton cut a promo, uh, another one saying he's sorry again for what he did to Edge a few weeks ago. We have continuation of the storyline with Edge. We all know this was going to happen. Uh, out came Kevin Owens. Owens himself doesn't understand why he did what he did to Edge. Um, Orton standing there just basically looking with a confused face like, what are you talking about? You know, kind of that mellow, like... Just chill heel for a minute before he bust out. Um, Owens is mad about how he treated Edge because, of course, you know, Kevin Owens is from Canada. Uh, Edge is a big Canadian. He's, you know, defending the Canadian wrestling spirit, I guess. Um, and he challenges Orton to a match later on. Orton actually accepts and walks away. Uh, so that's basically what um, we got out of that first segment. Uh, I think that was just done for that night. I don't see any continuation on an angle between Orton and Owens. Not saying it wouldn't be good. It would be. But right now where we're at storylines, that's not ready yet. Uh, next up, we had a sit-down interview with Drew McIntyre. Um, basically, this was an interview to get to know Drew McIntyre if you're not a fan of wrestling outside of wrestling. Where's he at? What he's been doing? And basically, he's been an impact I uh, think he did some things in New Japan. I'm not sure. Maybe not. But he did a lot of indie stuff. And um, just to build himself back up again. And here he is again with this big title wave. And this is basically saying, you know, he don't care who he took on at Super Showdown or at uh, WrestleMania. Depending on what happened with Ricochet and Lesnar. But we all know the outcome of that. So we'll get into that in a second. So Drew McIntyre's interview was just saying, hey. This is who I am. Get to know me. I'm going to be around for a while. So, uh, next up was a contract signing uh, for the woman's uh, elimination 
Chamber match at Elimination Chamber. Uh, basically, what I got out of this was Shayna came out, all heck broke loose. Uh, Becky comes out after the, the, the big brawl and attacks Shayna Baszler. Uh, security broke him apart. It was just that good old style, old school. Security comes, breaks up the fight. The fans start chanting, let them fight. That means people want to see them fight. That's what I always get out of this new crowd. Whenever they're like, oh, well, hey, um, you know, they start chanting, let them fight or don't break them up or whatever it might be at the time. That means they're invested. So I like that. I'm invested in the Becky Lynch, Sasha, or not Sasha, excuse me, Shayna Baszler storyline. And it is going to be probably a decent match at Mania. I have a feeling that it could be really good. I, I'm, I'm on the verge. I don't know. I've never seen these two actually work a complete match together. So maybe I, I can't. It's hard for me to. I mean, they're both good workers. So, I mean, two good workers together can't be make for a bad match. Unless they don't have chemistry. But we'll see where that goes. Um, then, then the only other major important thing that we had was really, to me, uh, there was other things that happened on the show. But, I mean, Aleister Black, you, you know pretty much challenge AJ Styles um, due to some backstage conflicts thing that they had. That worked out. I'm interested to see where that storyline goes. I don't know if that's going to be for Elimination Chamber, you know, because I still got to get into Super Showdown, and we'll get to the AJ Styles thing in a minute. Um, so next up was Randy Orton and Owens. They had a match, um, and they pulled like a Montreal screwdriver in it where the referee and it. And I don't know if anybody noticed, I called it like midway or three quarters through the match that that ref was fake and he wasn't a ref. I mean, I think he was a ref maybe before, but he did, he seemed like something was up. I had a weird vibe. I don't know. Like, uh, the ref counted fast, which gave Orton the win. And like, I mean, basically it was just a, a screw job. I don't even know how else to put it. It was great booking. It was different. The crowd was kind of shocked. I was shocked. Um, I thought it was done really good. It was, it, it, I mean, Owens attacks the fake referee, you know. I mean, it was, you know, he got a big pop, ended the roll. You know, there we go. I mean, it's it's just a one-off storyline for that night. And it was done pretty decent. And it got over pretty well. Maybe gives Orton just a little bit more heat with a cheap win. Uh, I see what they were going for there. Uh, Owens doesn't get really hurt by it because Owens is over in Canada. So they got a good ending with the referee and all that stuff. So uh, I think that worked out well. That was Raw this week. And I only spent about eight minutes on Raw. And that's due to there's so much to talk about, folks. Um, you know, I do want to dabble a little bit more into SmackDown than I do Raw this week. Uh, because I feel like this is going to be a very important SmackDown tonight. Uh, I should have waited, but like I said earlier before, got things going on tonight. Uh, so let's go ahead and get in. It's the, let's go to Tuesday, so we'll go to Impact to keep things. You know, I don't want to jump around, so we're going to keep things. And by the way, like, subscribe, and comment to the Turnbuckle Takeover Show. Uh, Spotify and YouTube are definitely on, and we're on Anchor. Not a lot of people have been watching it on Anchor, uh, but... It's I've had a good turnout. I think total views ended up with like 77 between all the platforms or something like that. So I'll take that. That's pretty cool. Uh, almost 100. 100 people like looking at, listen to me, I guess. Uh, looking at me. You know, sexy beast. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But like, uh, yeah, so uh, thank you again, everybody. Comment, like, subscribe. Uh, so we're going to go ahead on to Impact Wrestling this week. Ah. I usually try to take five vocal points of each show and do something, do, do like a five, usually most storylines are like, there's like five major on each show. Um, I, um, I think I try to do that because they're the main reasons why we watch the shows. The, 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 the big the storylines are the main reason other than the wrestlers let's be honest but in the in this impact this week um 
It was Daga and RVD. This match had my had piqued my interest as I seen it earlier in the day get announced, which they taped their shows. And I, but again, I don't read spoilers, so I couldn't really tell you who won. Uh, so Daga and RVD, and it ended up with RVD took a count out in one of his heel moves. He slid out of the ring after Daga was about to hit his fin before Daga was about to hit his finisher. And slid out the ring, which Daga does a frog splash off the top, but he kind of like swings in the air and lands. Uh, but before Daga could actually even get the move off, he was still standing on top corner. RBD came too, slid out the ring and walked to the back. It is like cockiness, cool, calm, collective RVD. It, I love it. It was, and it, it just it makes another match for these two. So maybe we get a Daga RVD feud, which that Daga kid is something, man. Uh, he uh, he's very good at selling. Very, very good at selling. Uh, the storyline is just enhanced a little bit more from last week. Uh, they did some backstage stuff last week, and now this week we got in a match, and probably get another match out of this. Um, something interesting is happening on the shows, though. Uh, remember I was talking a couple episodes back about realitytv.com, and they were like, it was like a, it's a storyline that's breaking in between the show. Like as Don Callis and Josh Matthews are talking, like a scan code will come up and like the screen will get all like crackly and all that. Um, this is interesting to me. I don't know who's behind this because there's nobody where I'm like, huh, who's this? It could be Matt. I don't know. We'll see. That could, I mean, that, that very well could be who it is. Matt is into doing crazy uh, things and different things. Um, it, it just, I don't know. It doesn't feel like anybody I know. I don't know. I don't know if this is a new tag team. I, I'm not sure where, I don't know if this is a new group called ICU. I, I, I mean, we already got OVE. What's up with the three letter? Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't understand yet. I'd like to, I'm interested. I just don't understand it. So we'll see where this whole internet hacking storyline goes i mean tv hacking I, I i'm not i don't know we'll see uh next up was eddie edwards and michael egan michael elgin um elgin is just I, I said it i'll keep saying it he's amazing uh basically eddie edwards tied it up here and now we got basically it's tied two two best of five uh, I'm assuming the last match is going to be at a pay-per-view or a Twitch special. I'm unsure where or when. I'm not, maybe the Rebellion pay-per-view in a month. That's in April. Yeah, they could do that. They could just tease them back and forth with, with, uh, promos and stuff in the back. Um, yeah, so I, that's kind of where I see, uh, uh, that, that whole Michael Elgin and, and, and Eddie Edwards work so well, well together. So very well together. This match, best of five, has been probably some of the best things Impact's done in a while. Uh, so we'll see who wins that. Uh, this And also, that number five match is going to be, the winner of that match gets a shot at Tessa. So if it's Tessa and Elgin, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm afraid for her. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Hopefully he goes over. Um, so next up, it was, uh, Ace Austin and Tessa. This is a rematch from the pay-per-view the past, uh, the last one that they had on Impact Plus Sacrifice. Um, uh, this basically ended up in a no contest. Ty Valkyrie, uh, came in. She attacked Tessa. Next week on Impact, we have a number one, well, this is actually for the world title, I believe. So, it's the first time ever two women are taking on the world title in a company. That's crazy. So, Tessa versus Taya for the Impact Championship. Insane. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was Impact this week. Uh, I spent about that much time on Impact as I did Raw. <laughs> so, uh, sorry about that. Um I'm sure there's some things I left out on Raw, but like I said, man, I got so much to go through. I, I still got Super Showdown, NXT, Dynamite, and the pay-per-view for AEW to kind of cover. And I really want to get into AEW. So, <laughs> um, so here we are. Uh, Wednesday it is for the shows. And next on the list is NXT. 
I just watched NXT this morning. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, had a lot going on this week. Um, so I might have missed some things. Uh, I found like four big things that happened on NXT. I didn't find NXT to be um, real exciting this week. Not saying it didn't have its moments. It definitely did some things for some stories. And some angles. Um, let's start it right off. NXT, it was Cameron Grimes versus Dijakovic. And Cameron got the win. Wow. Shocked to me. Didn't see it coming. Priest helped him. And I was like, okay. Now this is going to be good. It gives Priest something to do. Maybe he's joining with, with Cameron. I'm not sure. That would be cool, though. I'm digging it. Uh, they had nothing for Priest earlier, and now it feels like, okay, well, they've got something for him now, and that's all we need is something for everybody. Um, give give somebody that's on the roster something to do. Just don't have them just doing random matches. That, does, that, 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 that didn't get anywhere anyhow. Uh, so that that was that match. We'll see where that goes. That looks like that could be a start of an angle, maybe between Priest and Dijakovic. Very well could be. Uh, next, Finn Balor came out. Uh, Finn Balor cut a promo uh, on basically being the man in the main roster NXT. Talk about all the championships he won. The Imperium comes out and attacks Finn. Uh, it looks like Namita about to turn Finn babyface. Maybe. I see it. I don't know if anybody else does. Uh, that promo was heelish, but not that much. So, that was more like reaffirming everybody, I'm Finn Balor, and just because I'm not on the main roster does not mean I'm not awesome. So, uh, Finn Balor is awesome. He's one of my favorites. Um... Little shock that he left the main roster, but I understand why. Uh, some people just prefer NXT more. They like working. They probably like the schedule better. Um, that's just how it is. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus uh, Austin Theory. Yeah, I mean Johnny Wrestling came and attacked Tommaso again. Um, again, another continuation of this storyline, which is going to end up being the finale at Takeover before WrestleMania. Which I bet you that takeover is going to be amazing. I don't think I've ever watched maybe one bad takeover. I think there was one takeover where I was like, uh, eh, not that great. And I can't remember exactly which one that was. I think it was the one that Rude main evented. I wasn't real, I like Robert Rude, but I wasn't big into that NXT takeover for some reason. Um, so again, Johnny Wrestling gets the upper hand in another attack. And that's basically where we move on from that. Uh, basically the other big thing that I seen on NXT TakeOver, uh, I mean NXT this week, was Bianca Blair versus Charlotte Flair. I like this match. It told more of the story that we have going on with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Uh, Flair won the thing, which, I mean, see, that's kind of like why I thought NXT wasn't that great this week. It was very predictable. Every if you look down, nothing on that throws shock factor at me. Like it was really a lackluster show if you want to ask me. I like NXT guys and I'm really not trying to put down the stars of NXT. They work very hard. Uh there are some young guys um that I'd like to see maybe get a bigger push. Um but we'll see where that goes with the time and NXT's a very uh, slow process. It takes guys a while to get to get where they need to be. Um, so that was NXT this week. I mean, like I said, wasn't much to NXT. I mean, I'm only at 20 minutes and I've covered Raw, Impact, and NXT. And to be honest, they were the shows that really weren't that great. Nothing against WWE folks not trying to talk bad about them. But, uh, Raw was just kind of like real stagnant where they had Super Showdown this week. It really didn't, there wasn't any real big storyline 
situations other than the Orton Edge thing that's going to have to continue to Mania because Edge isn't going to be there every week. Okay, Edge cannot come back full-time, folks. There's no way. Health-wise, it's just impossible for him to do. Uh, so, yeah, these three shows just didn't do it for me this week. Um, I wasn't, excuse me, I wasn't real impressed. Um, I feel like they rushed Raw with some of the things they did. Um, and NXT just pretty much was a continuation of Finn Balor hopefully taking on Walter. And I want to see some more of Walter. I know there's other people that want me to talk about Walter more because <laughs> they love him. I've had probably three people, uh, two in emails and one of my best friends uh, sent me a message and was like, talk about Walter more. I mean, guys, I'd really like to, but I don't want to sound dumb and I'm not even going to lie. I don't watch NXT UK as much as I should. Okay, I should be watching it. I'm probably missing out on a lot of stuff. But guys, man, by the time I'm done doing this, whew, I'm burnt out. Like, I, I mean, it literally takes me about three hours to, or four hours to do all the research that I'd like to do for the show. I could even do more if I really want to get real down to it. But I know you guys don't want to hear me talk more than an hour and a half. <laughs> I don't want to hear myself talk for an hour and a half. I don't want to hear myself talk for an hour. <laughs> But it is what it is. Um, so, yeah. We're going to go ahead right now and get into AEW Dynamite. Now, this is where shit gets good. <laughs> I don't mean to cuss. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm just going to apologize for that one word right there. Uh, it started off with a bang. <laughs> I mean, it was a 30-man Iron Man match between Kenny Omega and... And Pac, or Pac, however you want to say it. <laughs> it's spelled the same way. Uh, it was a 30-minute Iron Man match. And these two guys tore the house down. The first fall went to Kenny, clean. The second fall went to Pac, clean. And the third fall went to Kenny, clean. Awesome. You know what was awesome about all that? There was no run-ins until after the match was over. Thank you, AEW. Thank you for letting that go to a clean finish. They've been building that match for two months since All Out. Actually, it's been longer than that. I, it's probably been about nine months that this has been going on between these two. Uh, was it as good as their match at All Out? Ew. I don't know. I don't know. All Out was really good. That was a really good match. Uh, but I would say it was a nice clean finish. Uh, nice clean end into the match. No run-ins. It was just, it was done really good until Orange Cassidy did a run-in with Pac. Like, it was like after the match, after Shivani was cutting a promo with Pac, and I think we're going to get him in Orange Cassidy at Revolution. Actually, I know we are. Eh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not real excited about that. Uh, Pat could have a lot more people he could work with. Uh, Pat is just a hell of an athlete. So, I, I, Orange Cassidy, we'll see how that goes. I don't know if that's a filler match. I don't know if they're going to put that on a pre-show. But, uh, mm, we'll see where that goes. Um, next up was the Inner Circle. Uh, Santina and Ortiz versus the Jurassic Express. Man, these Jurassic Express guys are over. Like, talk about, he's got one of the best masks probably I've seen in a long time, Luchasaurus, and it looks awesome, and it's something that kids are going to want to wear. So, with the fact that Walmart is going to be selling AEW merchandise, come the action figures coming out, I guarantee you that guy's going to have a mask eventually, and I guarantee you it's probably going to be one of their best sellers. So, uh... I'm interested to see how far this Jurassic Express thing goes. How far are they going to take this? How off the wall are they going to go with this? Are they going to keep it right where it's at? Or are they going to go a little bit further with it, like him cutting promos in a jungle? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested to see where they do it, because him and Jungle Boy are over. 
<laughs> like, I can't believe it. Uh, they got the help from Darby Allen on this because Sammy Guevara uh, tried to come in and stop some stuff. But, um, yeah, Darby Allen to, to hit the feud with him uh, caused chaos. Guevara did get the upper hand, hit him with the uh, skateboard, knocked them both out because they were both, like, stumbled out. And that kind of cleared the way for the Jurassic Express to take over. Uh, kind of a motive, like motivation, like um, run in by Darby. Um, so yeah, with the help, Jurassic Express get the finish. They get the win, and uh, good, good match. Really was. It was. It was just solid uh, second match after a fantastic opener that was hard to follow. So that's saying something for those guys. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade versus the Best Friends. Uh, double whammy on the tag team action, which you know me. I love tag teams, so cool with me. Eh, it was just a match. It was just a match. It really didn't do... It was... I don't know. The Best the best Friends won. The Baby Faces went over. They needed a win. They've been losing a, a decent amount. 50-50. Uh... It is what it is. It was an okay match. It was probably the worst match other than the women's division, which I'm going to get into right now because that other match, there was nothing else left to say about it. It was kind of thrown together. Third match on the card, kind of like get me through this time that I need you guys to fill and just go out there and have a good match. Now, the women's division as a whole in AEW is starting to piss me off. They have no one that I'm interested in. No one. There is no one on that roster that I'm sitting here like. Can't wait to see her. Oh, Macho Man fell off again. How you doing, Mach? Um, not interested. Not interested in the women's division. So you know what? I'm not going to give my time to the women's division this week. Until they start showing up. They're grounded from the podcast, folks. <laughs> like, I... The matches are just... It was a fatal four-way with the Statlander girl and uh, the Japanese girl. I, I didn't even write it down because I didn't care. It stunk so bad. Big Swole was in it, too. I, it stunk. It stunk. Half of these girls should not be on TV. Half of the... There, there's some of the AEW lower guys that shouldn't be on that roster right now. I'm not going to name any names. You figure it out for yourself. But there's a few that should just go back to the indies. Because I know guys that are in independent wrestling right now that either I've been, had the pleasure to come across or watch or been trained by that could probably go work a match ten times better than half the people on the low card of AEW. See, where AEW excels is the is the mid-card, main event, and the tag teams. You can't touch it. You can't not touch it. Sorry, you can't. Not saying WWE doesn't have a good roster. They have a fantastic... They got one of the biggest and best rosters I've ever seen. But if you take a company who's only been in existence for less than a year, they have like one of the best rosters it's so crazy to be able to say that because even when tna back in the day came in they they had a roster but it wasn't big as this is these guys got action figures tna didn't have action figures until 2010 oh that i'm wrong they had a very short line from like 2007 and 8 or 6 something like that very short line it wasn't much to it so, I'm just like these action figures that are coming out are realistic, like well done, scanned, and real scanned. Like, I mean, but I don't want to get off the topic. The point of the situation is, is the women in, in AEW have got to step their game up, or they need to put them on AEW Dark and let them get some work in front of a camera. Because you can tell that these people have never worked in front of a camera before. Ever and no one could tell me any different. And if they did, it was from shoot some outlaw indie show, um, you know that might somebody might have been holding their camera to. So, uh, so my advice is to AEW. I'm not saying you can't not have 
a woman's division. I just think they maybe need to like spin the ball back a little bit and just put it on AEW Dark until the women's division starts heating up because there's only a couple that are over and the ones that are over, I'm really not even into either. Um, so other on AEW, like it was just pure chaos way in for belt. Moxley Jericho, they did a bunch of things inside the ring. It was an all chaotic brawl between the elite. Everybody and her grandmother came out. It was just one of those in the show brawls for the pay-per-view that's coming up Saturday for AEW. I unfortunately will not have any money for that. <laughs> so I'm not going to be watching. Uh, $50 is a lot for me this time of year. Um, just can't afford it. It's just too much money. 50 bucks is a lot of money for a pay-per-view. Uh, I like AEW and I will do my best to maybe try to find a stream somewhere. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, we'll see. But that was AEW this week, Dynamite. Uh, probably an 8 out of 10 show. Uh, I think everything was done well. The only reason I'm not really giving it a 9 is because of that crap woman's match. Um, so, again, I want to thank everybody for the Turnbuckle Takeover views. It's awesome time we're having here. Wrestling is amazing. I want to take a little break for a minute. I'm at 31 minutes. I've got... Three shows to cover, so we're doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out maybe why in the world we got what we got yesterday. <laughs> this is where we go into Super Showdown. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I ain't going to say I didn't say so or didn't tell you so. Let me tell you why Goldberg won this match. I'm just going to skip right to the end of Super Showdown. I'm going to go back through it, okay? But I want to get to this Goldberg thing right now. I want to explain this to everybody. So listen. Goldberg is horrible in the ring. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Goldberg is probably one of the worst entering workers I may have ever seen. But what does Goldberg do? Goldberg draws ratings. Goldberg sells merchandise. And tickets sell. With that being said, on the business side of it, he is the perfect choice. On the fan side of it, wrestling fans are going berserk. <laughs> I mean, I went on my Twitter this morning, and I looked at the comments that were being had. And these are from people who are prestigious podcasters, or people who are in the business that watch everything. You guys have been covering podcasts for 20 some years and you don't get it I've wrestled a handful of matches and some of these people that are complaining about this have no idea what they're talking about I'm sorry now and this is strictly on the business side of this because I'm about to get into the wrestling side of it but if you're looking at it strictly on the business side Goldberg is the perfect guy to do this and it all dates back to 2017 with Lesnar. He is the only guy, the only guy, that has really dominated Brock Lesnar. Let's be honest. Well, guess what? If Lesnar's the champ right now, and you've got the other guy who beat Lesnar. Now, Lesnar did get the upper hand on him. There's no way Goldberg loses that match on a business side of it. Let's look at an angle side of it. Makes no sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense. He comes in, he cuts two promos on Bray, and all that momentum that Bray Wyatt had is now just flushed down the toilet. Or is it? What's the payoff to this? Is Bray... 
Is Bray going to go into a feud with Cena for Mania? Is Bray going to take on Roman Reigns and Goldberg is taking on Cena? I don't know. Maybe tonight we'll get some, some shed some light on this. I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But for God's sakes, you're killing me, guys. Like, that could have been a way to get Bray... Now, again, I'm talking on a wrestling sense. What a way to get Bray over if he beats Goldberg. He looks and then turns into be an undestructible force at that point. They pull the trigger on Goldberg. They want WrestleMania 36 to be huge. There's no doubt in my mind. Whether it be for a business sense or for a fan sense. They want WrestleMania 36 for some reason to be as big as possible. Which, that's the biggest show of the year. So, in, in, in hindsight, it's 2020. Okay? I sat down on my sofa and I knew that was going to happen last night. At least majority of my soul did. There was part of me thinking they might let Bray go over here. Because it wouldn't have mattered if, if Goldberg had lost in Saudi Arabia. Who cares? That show is a glorified house show. After watching what I watched yesterday, it is a glorified house show. And I'll explain when I'm done with the uh, showdown recap. We'll go ahead and get into that right now. We already have been. But this is the stuff that didn't matter. Because there was a lot of it. Okay, first off. New Day versus The Miz and Morrison was the best match on the whole card. I did not watch the pre-show. I heard the Viking Raiders and OC had a great match. I'm going to go back and watch that when I get done filming because i got nothing else to watch right now. Uh, but I heard that was good. I heard this was the best on the pay-per-view. I know it was because I watched it. I didn't hear it. But... Miz and Morrison won the SmackDown Tag Titles. That's awesome. Like, I think we're going to get an intertwined Fatal 4-Way, as I said last week. I don't want to repeat myself, but I'm just going with what the storyline's calling for, folks. The Usos, the New Day, the Miz and Morrison. Um, let's see. It was the Usos, the New Day, Miz and Morrison, and the Revival. But we don't even know what the Revival's doing now. So I, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Maybe it's a triple threat tag. We'll see what happens. It'd be awesome. I would like to see the Revival do something with uh, the Miz and Morrison. Maybe okay matches. Might be surprising chemistry there. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, that was just a great match. Uh, we got what we got. Miz and Morrison. Tag champions. SmackDown tag champions. Let's see where they go with this. Let's see what feud they start with. Did they continue this with New Day? Or is it just a mixture of all the tag teams with the Usos also? Well, this would be good. I like good tag team storylines. You can do so much with them. Uh, we had Umberto versus Angel Garza. Good match. I'm still not completely sure why Garza's on the main roster yet. Fill in with Andrade gone. Andrade did come back. at Super Showdown. I don't know. Uh, Garza got the win. Uh, it just kind of maybe, it was another match between these two. That's what I felt like. That's why I feel like this was a glorified house show. Because that's just exactly what it was. There's going to be a show in Salisbury, Maryland, Saturday. I'm not going to get a chance to go to due to my money situation. But that card looks better than this almost. <laughs> like, God sakes. And that's just the Raw roster. So... Next up was Seth Rollins and Murphy versus the Street Profits. Uh, Seth and Murphy were, you know, one with a curve stop here. Um, I can see this maybe being another match on Monday night. Uh, I am assuming at some point they're going to take the belts off of Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. So R Rollins can go into his feud with Owens at Mania. That's my prediction. I hope that's what happens. Because Seth Rollins and, and Owens will be a sleeper good match on Mania. Actually, probably a sleeper great match, honestly. Uh, so, I can't wait till that, that match comes about. I think that's going to be really good. Uh, <laughs> then we had Dolph Ziggler versus Mansoor. <sighs> Poor Ziggler. <laughs> Poor Ziggler. <laughs> Did the job. 
again, for this guy. Oh, uh, it was pointless. It was for the salty crowd. I mean, let's just be honest. That's exactly what this match was for. There's no point in pulling punches in this. Uh, there was a lot of mess-ups, a lot of botches in the match. Um, it was one of the matches where I was like, Ugh, I hope they never do that again. Because, uh, I mean, well, it, it didn't do anything for either guy. It did nothing. Because the only time we're seeing this Mansoor guy is when they're going to Saudi Arabia. I, I, move on. <laughs> Next match. Uh, Brock versus Ricochet. For the WWE title, uh, not what I expected. I expected the outcome of the match to be exactly what it was. I did not expect Ricochet not to get one move in this entire match. He got demolished. Now there's a story you can tell with that. So here we go with the David and Goliath thing again. Because if they ever decide to pull the trigger on Ricochet and Brock again... Uh, it's going to have to be the ultimate comeback from Ricochet or none of that made sense. Because Ricochet got squashed. It was like watching Earthquake in 1990 take on some guy named Tim Allen. Or Tom Phillips. <laughs> like, just some random jobber. He just got beat to all hell. Like, I mean, you've been building this for a couple weeks. Why not give it at least a 10 minute match? Let Ricochet get some shit in. But Ricochet didn't get nothing in. <laughs> he got nothing. He didn't get anything. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Brock wins. We all knew it was going to be Brock and McIntyre. Let's be honest. That wasn't hard to figure out. Very predictable. That's the problem with Super Showdown. Very, very predictable. Uh, next up was Roman Reigns and uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, cage match. What a crappy cage match this was. They should WWE should never do a cage match again if this is how they're going to book a cage match. Take notes, WWE. Go watch what AEW did in their, their cage match last week. With a rookie. <laughs> with, a, with a rookie. And, and you... Number one, we got no blood, which... We had to know that was coming in Saudi Arabia. Because they're... I mean, the poor women... You know, they can't even show anything there. Whatever. But... I just don't understand why WWE does cage matches. Because everyone they, tried, they have tried to do... Probably in the last five to seven years... Has, I, I can't remember a good cage match. Tell me one if there was. Maybe I'm wrong. But in the last five to seven years, there hasn't been crap for cage matches. And cage matches were the end of a storyline or end of a hot feud in the 80s and 90s. And even in the early 2000s. You don't use the cage match until the feud is nuclear. Like, it's hot. And I guess they thought this was. But, uh, now, now, this, this, first off, this angle's never been on fire. <laughs> they never started the fire with the angle, and it never had me interested. So, the whole dog food thing did it for me with this. And this is just a continuation of dumbness. So, this match ended, thank God. Roman Reigns won, thank God. I hope this is over. <laughs> I really hope this is over now. I hope we don't get to SmackDown tonight, and it's... Corbin versus Roman Reigns. Yikes. Uh, next up was the women's match. Uh, for the SmackDown women's title, we got a women's match in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it was Naomi versus Bailey. Another sloppy one, folks. They botched a lot of moves. It was very sloppy. I don't know if the guys have jet lag. I don't know if that plays a factor. The travel probably does, but they land there two days before, so that's not that's not an excuse. Not an excuse. So, I mean, it was just a very sloppy match. That's what I have in my notes because that's what it was. Uh, Bailey got the win as she should have. Uh, move on from here. We'll see. Uh, 
I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know who Bailey's going to take on at Mania. I don't know who Bailey's going to take on at Elimination Chamber, even if she even does take on anybody. Could have a rematch from this crap hole. I don't know. Uh... I did talk about Goldberg and the Fiend. That was the last match on the card, and I did talk about that earlier. Um, Goldberg hit four spears, a couple mandible claws from Bray. Crappy jackhammer. There you go. Goldberg is your universal champion. Here's the cool thing. Tonight on SmackDown, we've got Cena and Goldberg. Interesting to watch SmackDown. Going to be interesting to watch SmackDown. Because, oh, guys, veterans, it's cool to watch the veterans. Me, personally, I don't want Goldberg to win the title. That was a little crazy. But for storyline, because it didn't make any sense. Business, yes, I get it. But Goldberg sells, sells merchandise. People who like WCW like Goldberg, period. We can all like it or not. That's how it is. Goldberg sells tickets. So... We only have to deal with this for a couple months, folks. Because Goldberg's not, not going to win at WrestleMania. There's, I don't care who he takes on. He's not going to. Now, I want to touch on The Undertaker. And the reason I didn't talk about this match was because I don't consider it a match. I really don't. I know it was a 1-2-3. It, it was a match. But it was like, what did they do to Lashley? Losing to R-Truth. Get the hell out of here. Sorry for cussing. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I saved this for the very end to talk about this. I like R-Truth. He is fantastic. Funny guy. But beating Lashley? Get out of here with that. How much, like, what else can they do to Bobby Lashley for Bobby Lashley is just done where he's just like, I don't want to do this no more. You're killing me. You're killing my character. You're just killing me. They're killing him. Absolutely killing him. Repackage him something. I don't know, but WWE you stink when it comes to booking Bobby Lashley. It is the, 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 the craziest thing. You have a legit athletic superstar. Who just needs a manager. That's it. It's as simple as that. Poor Andrade got pinned by truth. Like, you kidding me? I guess that's payback for the suspension. Good grief. Undertaker won the daggone thing, if y'all didn't know. Everybody's seen it. Come out of the attack, AJ Styles. So, guess what? We're getting Styles and the Undertaker at WrestleMania. What do you do? It's Undertaker versus Styles. Am I disappointed? Yes, I am. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want anybody, including myself, to ever talk about Sting and Undertaker again because it's never happening. And it's an unfortunate situation. Because what a match that you could market. I don't care if that thing lasted five minutes. The fact that Undertaker and Sting would be staring at each other in the ring at the same exact time. That's all you gotta do. Hulk Hogan had five moves. Body slam. Elbow drop. When he hit the three. Leg drop. Big boot. Chop. That's a, Hulk Hogan's moveset. For the most part. Get where I'm going here, folks. <laughs> I mean, come on. They could work that as a brawl, and Sting and Taker would have been perfectly fine. Sting might have had to take two bumps. I think he can. He's not going to evaporate in the dust. He's not dead. So, I guess we're never going to get it. Unless they pull the trigger at SummerSlam. I don't know. But, um... So, that was Super Showdown. Uh, sorry, I'm not more excited for The Undertaker. Um, it just, it's not what I wanted. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Like, I wanted Sting and The Undertaker. I don't get it. Styles is an awesome talent, so him and he will carry Taker 
if Taker needs to be carried, which the Undertaker probably doesn't need to be carried because he's the Undertaker. He's one of the best workers in the business. I'm interested in the match. I'm not interested in not having Sting and Taker. Uh, we should have Sting and Taker. It's just how it should be. Probably not going to get it now. So that was Super Showdown. Uh, I'm at 50 minutes. Uh, got two more segments to get into. Uh, I did touch on SmackDown a little bit. I don't know many matches for SmackDown yet. Probably while I'm filming this, there's been some announced. Um, but we're going to get into the top five this week. The top five this week on the network of matches to watch. And this is for the Stinger himself. Since Sting don't get any accolades in WCW, really. Because, or WWF, WWE, whatever you want to call it. They, they don't acknowledge Sting enough. They did when he first came there. They gave him a DVD. whoopity doo da day. Everyone gets one. But these are the top five matches of Stinger that you need to go watch on the network. Number five. Dusty and Sting versus the Road Warriors from Starcade 88. The Road Warriors had turned heel. They attacked Dusty. Sting came to the rescue. There's your storyline. Freaking great match. I it's one of my favorite Road Warrior matches. Um, number four, Sting vs. The Great Muda. Great American Bash 89. This was one of the first Muda matches I ever laid my eyes on. I rented Russell War 89 and The Great American Bash 89 from a store in Pocomoke, Maryland. That was right be beside Meatland. My parents would go in there and do shopping. So I would go in there and rent wrestling tapes. Because my dad worked in Pocomoke anyway. In the Snow Hill area. So he would just take the movies back. If T's Corner didn't have the wrestling movie. Then he would go there. And I don't remember what this place is called. It was a little mom and pop movie shop. Right where Hibbit Sports is. But they had a lot of WCW films, and my dad got me both of them that day. And it was the first time I ever seen Muda. And I was amazed. From start to finish, the great Muda is a guy that if you... I mean, if there was ever going to be a WWE Japanese champion other than Shinsuke, it should have been great Muda. Great Muda should have went to the WWE. Vince could have done so much with his character. It was perfect for WWE at the time. Like, Muda could have been, like, the dirty foreign heel for Hogan. It would have been awesome. It just would have been awesome. But Sting and Muda had great matches. And you can go find any Sting and Muda match, and it's good. It's the one guy Sting had very good chemistry with. Uh, next up, number three on the list is Sting and Luger versus the Steiner Brothers from Super Brawl 1. This was all four of my WCW favorites in one ring at the same time having a killer match. Uh, people could say what they want about the total package. Then in this era, he was awesome. I don't know about his WWE stuff too much, but his WCW stuff between, I'd say, 88 to 92 was awesome. All of his matches were pretty good. He had good guys to help him carry him, too. But... Sting and Luger, good tag team, and it's in for number two. Sting versus Luger from Super Brawl 2. So, we had the initial start of the angle at Super Brawl 1. Where you started to get that feel that Luger was turning heel, and it lasted a whole year. Luger got the belt, Sting got hurt, it was all kinds of stuff, and then it all came together at Super Brawl 2. For the major payoff match. And even the match wasn't that good. It was still Sting versus Luger. So that was a big deal then. Right then, huge deal. One of my favorite WCW 92 matches. And it wasn't even that great. It was just the fact that... Hey. So I struggled with this. And number one, I put Sting versus Flair from Clash of the Champions 1. I know I didn't put Vader on the list. Because it was hard. I, I really went kind of at the beginning of Sting's career. I really didn't do much towards the end because I felt like that's where Sting's best matches were. 
the King of Cable match with Vader, the Strat match was awesome. I kind of put that into a, like a feud of its own. They had so many good matches, it was hard to pick one. But definitely put that as an honorable mention. But number one is Sting vs. Flair from Clash of the Champions. Number one. That's the match that got Sting over. That's the match that put Sting on the map. Flair did a great job of getting the guy over. If the heels would go back and look at that match and watch Flair put Sting over and watch as that match goes how the crowd gradually gets louder and louder and louder. Because you watch Flair in your own eyes put the Stinger over. It was awesome. And even though it went to a draw, in a way, it got Sting over. So, with that being said, we are at the 55-minute mark. I've got one more thing to take take care of, and that is AEW Revolution Saturday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, Bleacher Report Live. Again, I'm a little disappointed. Money's tight. I can't afford to really watch this. Ugh, I'm upset. But I'm going to run the card down. Basically give you a couple things that I think is going to happen. Uh, the Young Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman Page for the tag titles. I don't know which way that's going to go. But that is going to be a great match. If you have $50 laying around and you don't buy this pay-per-view, you got a problem. Let me come to your house. I'll do $50 worth of work. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever it might be. But they have been building this. The, all these matches mean something. And if I look at a pay-per-view card, I want to be excited for it. I was excited for Super Showdown. Just not excited with the outcomes. Not excited with the matches. They were really lackluster. This, on the other hand, every match means something. You got the AEW Championship. Moxley and Jericho. You know, the whole eye-for-eye eye thing where they took his eye out and then he took Santana's eye out. Like, this whole inner circle Moxley thing with the car. You know, when Jericho tried to give him the nice expensive Viper. Like, and he didn't take it. He just drove away. It was, it's so great. Like, this is, this, this is what storytelling should be about. Stories. Moxley doesn't like Jericho. Simple. You just find ways to make it intriguing. And AEW's doing that. Uh, Pac, Pac versus, man, I hate this, versus Orange Cassidy. This is the one match where I'm like, whatever. Because they had some interaction on Dynamite, you're going to give them a match. There's nothing to say about that because there's nothing to say about that. <laughs> now, Dustin Rhodes versus Jake Hager. Uh, that's swagger for you guys who don't, you know, maybe haven't been paying attention to AEW that much. He is Jake's, Jack Swagger from WWE. So, this is basically... Uh, inner circle Dustin angle like basically he came out and said Hager you haven't wrestled any matches your MMA careers failed your pro wrestling careers failing and it's been this feud and this is what we get they broke Dustin's arm or they tried to this is where this all stems from this is going to be a heck of a match I think Surprisingly better than a lot of people think it's going to be. Uh, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. This is also another match that's been built. The word of the day is built. <laughs> they built these entire stories. And now we get it right here. You get to see the finals. Eight. We, we're going to be moving on from these stories. So, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara had literally been attacking each other for weeks. Darby Allen has been trying to help everybody against the inner circle. Here we go. The mid-carters in the two groups that are feuding, well, the one group that's feuding with all the baby faces, has a match. That makes sense to me. It's just storylines. It makes sense. We got Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. <laughs> what do you? It's a woman's match for for the championship. There you go. That's what you get. Um, and then a pre-show match is going to be SCU versus the Dark Order. Um, I don't really know where this is going to go. Uh, they have been feuding. Christopher Daniels could be joining the Dark Order. 
but I don't really see them splitting up SCU. So I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I just don't know. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But this pay-per-view is stacked from top to bottom, pretty much. There's like one match just doesn't really mean anything. That's not bad for eight matches. They'll add one. Probably a number one contender for the tag titles. I'm thinking. So, that was the review for this week. Again, if you've got money Saturday night, pay $50 and order that pay-per-view. Because it's going to be worth it. Uh, so... Thanks, everybody, again, for listening. I hope I don't bore you. <laughs> I hope you have fun listening to me. Uh, an every week podcast of wrestling, folks. I'm your host, Billy Bailey. Click, like, comment. Love you all. See you all. Billy's out.